The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So, getting started here. Um, on Tuesday evening, our subject was sympathetic joy. And I, I, in during that discussion, uh, that when we were talking about joy, I briefly mentioned, you know, several of the benefits of practicing sympathetic joy for others. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, one of them uh, that's thought to be a result of the practice of sympathetic joy is that it starts to loosen up any fixed self um, or any hardening around uh, identification with I, me, or mine. So this is interesting, and I happen to run across an eloquent description of that effect of joy itself. It was not so much sympathetic joy, but it was joy. In Tricycle Magazine, um, I was reading a review of an author named Ross Gay, who's a poet, um, who published a new book called Inciting Joy. So I'm going to read you some excerpts from it because it's very interesting. It can be so easy to dismiss joy as frivolous or not serious, especially in times of crisis or despair. But for poet Ross Gay, joy can be a radical and necessary act of resistance and belonging. In his new essay collection, Inciting Joy, Gay explores the rituals and habits that make joy more available to us, as well as ways that joy can contribute to a deeper sense of solidarity and care. So um, then in the article, the more in-depth article about it, they share the word incite is often used alongside something like a riot or a revolution. But it's just as apt for Ross Gay's definition of joy, a force that dissolves our deepest systems of order, me and you, good and bad, and embraces the sweet complexity of what's left. Sorrow is inextricably bound up in his definition of joy. In the first chapter, Ross Gay describes this with a scene almost identical to the night before the Buddha's enlightenment, when Mara attacks him beneath the Bodhi tree. The assault finally ends, as the story goes, when the Buddha says, I see you, Mara, and invites him to sit down for tea. Ross Gay's version adds one more step. Invite your friends and their demons. He calls them sorrows, but you could call them sorrows or demons to the table too, and make it a party. So this is an interesting idea. This potluck of sorrows places communion and interdependence at the center. Joy isn't the lack of pain, but the presence of love. If joy happens when the borders of the self dissolve, suffering happens when they harden. So that's really interesting. If joy happens when the borders of the self dissolve, suffering happens when they harden. 
So Roske addresses the traditional beliefs about joy, namely that it's confined to accomplishments and possessions, the big raise, a new car, organizing that pernicious storage closet. And he says, it's sad. That's because we often think of joy as meaning without pain or without sorrow. Not only is it considered unserious or frivolous to talk about joy, but this definition also suggests that someone might be able to live without or free of heartbreak or sorrow. Holding each other while we fall apart, he says, is another word for joy. This is just such a unique definition. I then went on to listen to a podcast on YouTube. Um, I, I'm sorry, I guess it was uh, from Tricycle Magazine, but there are also podcasts of Roske reading his poetry online. So those are interesting, and I listened to some of that too. But in his podcast, um, Tricycle's editor, James Shaheen, and Buddhist teacher Sharon Salzberg were interviewing him. And um, Roske said, joy emerges against the background of understanding we live with profound difficulty. Instead of struggling to avoid his sorrow, he felt, and he felt terrible sensations in the body until he learned how to be with sadness. Instead of avoiding it or being overcome by it, Sharon Salzberg points out, that there's a middle place of inviting our demons in for tea, mirroring that story of the Buddha and Mara. If we don't reject our sorrow or that of others, if we know sorrow comes to all of us, if we can be with sorrow, it's a place where people can learn to care for themselves. We can notice ways we practice making joy and making room for others. The hard boundaries between people dissolve in that kind of sharing. Um, he would call this, or, or sorry, um, that was what he was sharing. And I would actually call that kind of relationship where the boundaries between you dissolve a little bit and you're sharing sorrow and joy. The sorrow part, I'd describe that as compassion. That's part of what happens in relationship. So it feels to me as if Ross Gay is pointing out that our most profound joys arise with or in full awareness of our most profound sorrows. Um, in addition, it seemed to me he was saying we experience joy because of human connection as we understand sorrow, which is the experience of compassion um, so I, I just wanted to share these things with you this evening um, as a beginning point for our meditation together, um, touching on this subject of sorrow and sending compassion and also sending joy and celebrating connection. So taking your time to find a sustainable posture, and level of awareness for this time of day for you. Noticing how you are right now, 
as, as you settle in, Not trying to make yourself meditate in any particular way. Instead, simply being aware of what's being received in attention as you sit here right in this moment. And also the relationship with what's being received. And sometimes things come up and we feel contented about them or some pleasantness. Other times we may be sitting with some difficulty and we can feel some resistance or wishing that it weren't here or pushing it away. So receiving both what is happening, what's arising, and also our relationship with that, whatever that is. There there are no right or wrong experiences here. Just taking in how things are in this moment. Perhaps feeling some compassion for any difficulty that arises in the body, in the heart, in the mind. Sending some compassionate wishes. May any suffering here come to an end. Perhaps recognizing and appreciating any beneficial states that are present or arising. Sending perhaps some sympathetic joy for yourself and for others who are having beneficial experiences. May this happiness or contentment continue and grow stronger.
or simple states of calm or peace, may they continue. And if and when you feel ready, perhaps turning the mind towards a person with whom you have felt connected in a time or times of sorrow and joy. If it's difficult to think of such a person, perhaps another resource you felt connected with in times of sorrow and joy, it could be nature itself, or another creature or being, even a figure of wisdom. It could be a Dharma teacher or the Buddha themselves, any resource that has offered you some sense of connection and support. Allowing your mind and heart to fill with images or memories or thoughts of the person or the resource. It could have been your sorrow or their sorrow. Or sometimes we're experiencing a similar sorrow over a loss or difficulty. And recognizing, you know, the challenging period of time or events that brought up sorrow Experiencing how it connected you in some way. Perhaps feeling the compassion, if compassion arose. Allowing feelings of compassion in the heart, the mind, the body, however you experience that at the time or, or experience it now.
And perhaps sending some gratitude <clears throat> towards the other person or resource for the connection, the compassion, the support. And that could just be in the form of radiating the feelings in your heart towards that person, or it could be in words, it's grateful thoughts. Grateful for your compassion, your care. Grateful for our connection. Perhaps recalling any of the positive feelings that came along with the connection to this other. Comfort, support, solace. Warmth. Care. Allowing the images, memories, feelings fill the mind and heart. Even when the relationship had lighter moments, maybe happiness or joy or something shared that felt better. And perhaps sending wishes of sympathetic joy or appreciation. Again, this can be in the form of a feeling, 
radiating from your heart to theirs. Or in the form of thoughts like, may your happiness continue to grow and thrive. May your well-being continue to thrive. Appreciative joy for our connection. And as we continue the meditation in silence, allowing whatever arises to be recognized, held in awareness, allowed. Relationships can contain all kinds of ranges of feeling. And then gently coming back to Radiating feelings of compassion for yourself and for the other, and feelings of connection or joy as those moments arise in this sitting.
in this process of connection that we can have with other people, um, sometimes it's very close and sometimes we can feel connection with each other, even though we don't know each other that well, just as human beings, uh, for example, in this Sangha of Happy Hour. So um, in our next uh, sharing, in breakout groups of about three people each, um, we will have an opportunity to share a little bit about um, what's going on for you in this, you know, how this meditation landed or what came up for you. And it's always um, fine to share whatever feels uh, comfortable and safe for you. And then the idea is to put just one thing at a time, one idea at a time into the circle and then to allow the the next group member to speak in the next. And the practice is really one of profound listening to them and to your own heart. And, you know, sometimes feelings of compassion can arise for what you're hearing or joy can arise if somebody else is having a really beneficial meditative experience. So making room for that without giving any advice or um, any crosstalk or trying to teach one another. We're not really trying to do that here. So uh, with that, I will put everybody in groups and we'll spend about 10 minutes in those breakout groups sharing. And then we'll come back for some final uh, sharing by each of you or however, whoever wants to share. So with that, here we go.
Hi, would you like to be connected to 